Views expressed on this program are those of the sponsors and do not necessarily reflect the views of the station. Discussions in this show should not be construed as specific recommendations or investment advice. Always consult with your investment professional before making important investment decisions. Securities offered through Cambridge Investment Research Incorporated, a registered broker-dealer, member FINRA and SIPC. Investment Advisor Representative, Cambridge Investment Research Advisors Incorporated, a registered investment advisor. Indices mentioned are unmanaged and cannot be invested into directly. Asset allocation and diversification strategies cannot assure profit or protect against loss. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. Capital Retirement Strategies and Cambridge Investment Research are not affiliated. All right, welcome to our post-election Plan for Life Now podcast. Yeah, we'll, we'll, let's do our Redskin picks first. Okay. Because remember, for people listening to this, the election is now in the rearview mirror a little bit. Right. A couple of days on, passed. Yeah, but not for us. It's but we raw. are recording this, what? <laughs> it's 12 hours after the election right. is decided, if that. Right. So this is raw. So you'll get to hear our feelings on all that, which I think is important. I think this will be a important podcast but anyway so redskin pick okay we play the vikings this week who is one of our clients has given us grief because we managed to <laughs> pick opposite we, sides of yep. the Bengals game in london right and both be wrong both wrong because it was a tie yep so that leaves the tally on the season dave is still plus one on me i thought that was going the redskins way you were going to be plus two on me which would have been fine but no you're still plus one now we play the Vikings, and I know I just asked you this. I, I'm so in election mode, I can't even think about the Redskins. You said they're playing at home. They're playing at home at okay. FedEx. I'll go first. I uh, I feel good. Vikings are on a losing streak. But That's more right. importantly, their offense isn't very good. And I think we do better against teams. I think our offense is good enough that even if the defense is really good and the Vikings do have a really good defense, I think our offense is going to score some points. Vikings, not as many against our defense. I'm going to predict a close game since that's been every Redskin game this year. Mm-hmm. That's not going out on a limb. Um, let's go with Redskins. I don't even, I'm going to explain how they win, too. Redskins, 23. Okay. Vikings, 21. We score a touchdown with three minutes left, and then they get the ball back. And somehow the defense, through me yelling at the TV, can still hold them and right. concentrate. Skins 23-21. They have a really good track record of holding people at the end. Yes. <laughs> um, all right. I, I, I'm sick and tired of trying to play this game where I try to go opposite you or try to play some head game. So, yeah, I am just going to go with the Redskins. Um, and I think it'll be something like what you said. I, I'd say probably 27-21. You know, they'll have to score a touchdown at the end. We'll manage to hold it. would be out. great if we just had one game where the Redskins won 34-7. to seven. Oh One God. game where it's like, oh, my God. It's like it's the third quarter. I'm not even paying attention. Right. That's not happening. But we'll see. Maybe it already did when you're listening to this. Okay. <laughs> election. Our right. post-election podcast. Um, and it's raw for us, remember. You're listening to this, and so many, so many things may have already happened. Mm-hmm. That will maybe we'll address since when you listen to this, but it's really raw today. Okay, and it was really. I, I think I I know I'd be lying if I told you I thought going into election night, and I was one of those people who likes to follow all the polls and do all the 
you know, interactive electoral map. I really get into elections. You're making it was fun. predictions on electoral votes and everything. Yes. I will tell you my speaking of wrong predictions, I believe I predicted Hillary Clinton would win and have like three hundred seven electoral and I told you I told you, Steve, I don't think I told anyone else this. I was just like telling you. I did this just through looking at all the polls and stuff and yeah. stuff. I didn't do it like so on, on feeling like I feel like Hillary should win or Trump should win. I just said, let's, I'm just looking at all these yeah. polls. So much for all those polls. Right? They were all wrong. <laughs> so that was value? super surprising. That was right. quite a shock. So, I mean, let's take this from the top. So, obviously, you know, we're watching the election last night and we're seeing the direction things are going. And as financial guys, we're also paying attention to the investment markets. And as you guys know, the normal markets are closed, but there are futures indexes out there that are predicting where things are going to open. And at one point in the night, I think the worst that I ever saw was a prediction of Dow down, what, 800 800, I think, at one point. Right. At the peak panic. So, And this was just as Trump was racking up the states, and you just got the feeling you know, all of you, most of you listening to this have been around the block a few times. You just knew it was going to happen, that Trump was going to win. And, and the you know, the, what's the one thing that markets don't like, even if it's just the futures? Uncertainty. You got that right. <laughs> so here we sit at 2 o'clock the day after the election, and the Dow's up 227 points. Wow. Okay. So you're talking about a 1,000-point swing in sentiment there from, oh, my gosh, we're freaking out, to... Maybe this is not the worst thing ever, right? So we're you know we're putting political views aside here and just saying, well, that's kind of goes to show you that uncertainty bothers the markets when they have a little more certainty when they understand it all, wrap their head around it better. That's a positive for the markets. Correct. Now I jotted down a couple of notes here and. I think, you know, I know a lot of our listeners, we were on WMAL for a long time. So probably a lot of our listeners are, you know, Trump supporters. So you're very happy today. Some of our listeners might have been Hillary supporters and they're a little upset right now. And they're they're saying, God, how do we go forward from here? I want to remind everybody of the way that a lot of people felt back in 2008. Right, A lot of people, and I remember one client in particular talking to this guy, ran a small business. Obama had gotten elected. He didn't even wait for Inauguration Day. He started laying off employees, and he pulled all his money out of the stock market because he said, you know what? This this Obama guy, he's, you know, whatever you want to say, he's communist, he's this and that, he's just going to lead to socialism. I don't like him. I'm not going to give Obama credit or take it away from him, but we can sit here today and see that the stock market was up fantastically right. from that time. The period. greatest is it the greatest or one of the greatest bull markets of all time for any presidential yeah term. for any presidential right. term there. Now, you know, like I said, not going to say that was because of him. Frankly, it was the timing of when he came in. Uh, On the other part of that, my client who was laying off employees at a a small business, you know, I'm not going to say the economy is going gangbusters, but it has not cratered into depression as he expected it to. Right. So I, I would use that example to remind and give solace to those people who are worried or upset about President elect Trump that you might not like the person, you might not agree with their philosophies. 
but that doesn't always translate directly. Right. And let me take now the opposite of the the pro. The people you voted for Donald Trump, you want change. And many of our clients, and I'll bet you many of you listening to this, because you're our, the percentage of our clients, hey, you've been saying a long time a lot of things that are wrong with this country in the direction. And I think it manifested, I know from just talking to a lot of you, um, that it's manifested itself into this, into the change, maybe, we'll see, that, that's going to come going forward. So your position would be, hey, this is what I wanted. This The country is on the right track, finally. Right. And uh, the market, as of right now, I'll just go by now, is is showing that. So what I'd like to do now, instead of being conservative, you know, I want to tweak it up. Hmm. Let's get a little more, yeah, I know I'm of retirement age and stuff like that, but I think I'll be okay and I'm just feeling great about things. I think I should make a little bit of a bet that things are going to do great now. We're finally going to make America great again in the stock market by going forward. So now here's the downside of that. We don't have a clue either way. The downside of that could very well be if we are going to have real change. Real change requires by the nature, you're going to have volatility. Sure. You're going to have you're going to have some down moments of real change before the good stuff starts to happen at some point along the way, um, and you never know when that might come back. Mm-hmm. So I think going the opposite way with a new president. Yeah, I think indeed. a lot of people with Obama when he came in were super, look how bad the market looked, look how everything was doing, and then you, you didn't vote for Obama anyway. Okay, now the opposite might be true. We're going to take off from here. Don't we're not guaranteed we're going to take off from here. We have no idea, right? What's going to happen from here? Well, and I mean, I think this is a perfect. You know, we had one meeting earlier today, and, and I put the same chart in front of this gentleman that we sat down and met with that I've been putting in front of most of you who are listening. That Dave and I have been putting in front of you for the past year or so, and the chart is simply market declines and market recoveries. And my point, whenever I put this in front of somebody, is I don't know why the market declines are going to occur in the future. But let's be very clear. Number one, they will occur, right? And we can look at the past ones and you can say, hey, you remember that thing called sequestration and the fiscal cliff? You kind of (laughs) forgotten about that. It's a little fuzzy. It was a few years ago. Market was down about 16% when that happened. Financial crisis, I assume you remember that. But there's a lot, you know, go back and you can go through the tech bubble or the Russian debt crisis or savings and loan scandals or a flash crash or whatever. And there are a lot of different reasons why the market goes down. Not going to sit here and try to predict them. I don't know if it's going to be President Trump or if it's going to be China or it's going to be inflation or it's going to be oil prices or whatever. But these declines are going to happen. And I know, I mean, I got a phone call this morning from someone and she said, for the markets that even opened, she said, I got to get everything out of stocks because I know this is going to be a disaster. And I said, well, let's, let's hold on a second. And I went through my example with President Obama getting elected and how so many people knew then it was going to be a disaster. Right. And you just can't sit here and say that. So where does that leave us? Because we often talk about how people's natural inclination, what we want to do is to take action, right? We want to do something. We don't want to sit there and be passive. 
We want to take action. Do we buy? Do we sell? What is the change that we make? Well, I would point everyone to look at their portfolio, look at the way that it's been set up, and see how the assets have been segmented out for both the ups and the downs. Right. Because we expect we're going to have the ups. We expect we're going to have right. the downs. To protect a little from the downs, you got to give up a little bit on the up, on the upside to do stuff like that. Sure. How do you put your portfolio together that's going to basically say, I can emotionally make it through yeah. whatever happens without <laughs> having to panic? It, it has to be. And a lot of times, it's not as simple as that just sounds. But when you break it down, we do a lot of stuff with a lot of, again, look at the look at the gentleman we met today, a whole bunch of different investments mm-hmm. in that portfolio. But ultimately, what we just described is what is how that was set up. It's to basically be able to get some gains when things are good, but to have some downside protection when things plummet. So I, I was jotting this stuff down. This is at the breakfast table this morning. I was saying, well, we got to do a podcast today, Dave. You know, so I'm jotting these things down. And I'm thinking about this, the way that we segment assets. And I'm saying, on one side, we've got the things that protect us, that are safe there. And we've got things like bonds, cash, and annuities. These are things that protect us from market volatility. From I'd even throw in long term care insurance. Long term care insurance. You know, obviously illness and aging. Right. And then on the other side, Sort of the the yin and yang here. The other side, you've got stocks, you've got real estate, you've got commodities. These are things where you expect to make more money, but they're going to fluctuate all over. So when I was talking with, with this woman this morning who was very upset about the outcome of the election, and I said, listen, you, you have the safer aspects, right? You've got a lot of money in the safer stuff, and you've still got money in the stocks, and this is someone who's early 60s, expects to retire soon, but also expects to live for a long time. So her response was, Steve, I'm going to retire in two years, less than two years. How could I possibly have money in stocks? Well, if she retires in two years and then lives for 30 years, she's got the bonds, the cash, the annuity stuff to carry her through. If the market was down, right, and then the longer term stuff, the stocks and all the growth assets to get her through the longer term. And I use the analogy of when you're saving for retirement, it's not like saving for a big purchase or even saving for college, where if you're saving for a big purchase, say it's buying a car, you've got to pay for that car, boom, one lump sum. You can't risk that money in the stock market or anything. You've got to pay that bill. Retirement is a 40-year, 30-year type of event where you're paying little bits over time. So if you've got money in stocks and you happen to think that President Trump's going to be awful, you know what? Four years, we get a chance to vote again. Right. Eight years is the most. That money in stocks is really designed to be even longer term. So I think that has to be the approach that you take. Um, you just can't take this reactionary approach of this has happened, so I'm going to get out and wait until everything gets better. I mean, how often do we hear that? 
statement. Yeah, it doesn't make... And even look at the person now who makes it through a 16-year cycle. Let's say that... Obviously, the market did great under Obama. Now, let's say Trump has eight years and he does a fantastic job and the market goes up from here. Okay. Anything can happen. You basically made it through two presidents without panicking. Because remember, anything I just said at the end of 16 years is going to have its ups and downs along the way before the end of the day. You know, just like we had the last eight years, just like... You know, we have plenty of downs to get to where we are the last eight years. Yeah. And you can bank on the same thing happening the next. So, yeah, when it comes to long-term planning, you got to decide, am I in it uh, emotionally for the long term, for my whole life, planning for life now, if you will. Right. Yeah. And that's why, I mean, we always bring this back to how's your portfolio set up? I mean, have you taken those necessary steps Dave mentions the long-term care insurance. I mean, that's another great example of, let's say the market tanks, it's way down, and you have a long-term care expense. That's a double whammy right there. Um, so you've got to have that protection Again, Look in place. at the person who at basically was confident, was said the market's really low when Obama came in, but I'm going to stick to it. Why would I sell now? And then they have to because they have a maybe a, an assisted living scenario or nursing care. Now they have to sell. Right, And they never got the chance, even though emotionally they were totally prepared to do the right thing and, and physically set up to do the right thing. They just didn't factor that in. All right. Thanks for listening. Thanks for tuning in. As always, I don't know if we say this enough. If you have specific questions about your situation, feel free to call. Feel free to email. Um, more than happy to go through with people. Here's your safe assets. Here are your growth assets. This is why... In your situation, we feel like you're okay. Thanks for tuning in. We'll talk to you again next week. Bye.